This is Greg Gagne, and give me back my pro wrestling. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. I'm Dean Hill. See you at ringside. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling podcast. And da 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 da, we did it. Happy New Year, Jut. Happy New Year, brother. How are you today? I'm good, man. Good. Just hanging out. And I won't say uh, just recovering from a long night, not recovering from anything bad just recovering from being up a little later than an old man should be at times yeah. <laughs> yeah i had a friend of mine who said he slept right through it and then another person was like it's a young man's game I'm happy oh yeah definitely that, you know so cash of course was probably up literally he was probably up all night i don't know he had some friends over and he has fun so good for him but it doesn't last long right until you yeah. start getting tired with that stuff but you're like yeah i'm good <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so this is our first show of 2023. So today, let me go ahead and, and since you've obviously read what's on the, the show, you've read what the show is about. This is the official <laughs> Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling Mount Rushmore of Pro Wrestling. Now, yes, you may think this is a repeat. I assure you it is not. This is a official, it's a do-over, it's a Hey, if you didn't hear the first episode, good for you. You're going to hear this one because this one is the official Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling. Now, again, you know, some things may change from the other episode that has gone into maybe they can buy it on eBay one day or Patreon or something. It's, it's in the archives. Yeah. yeah, in the deep archives. And it's so like some of it's like some of that stuff the WWE Network owns but won't put out there. Yes. We are the one with the F. That episode has an F in it. <laughs> That's a good one. Anyway, so yeah, new year, new us. You know, we are Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. And this is, like I said, this is the very first show of 2023. So with that being said, you know, Mount Rushmore... You know, what does Mount Rushmore of wrestling mean to you, Judd? Well, I mean, there's there's ways to look about it. You can go with, obviously, your favorite, favorite, favorites. But sometimes that's not always going to line up. People are going to be like, that's lame. Right. Why you got that person on your list? Well, maybe they're my favorite or maybe they're this to me. Maybe they meant a lot to me at a certain point in my life. Sure. Um, in my wrestling life, I guess I would say. But the, the, other, the other way is to go with just the... Um, the top tier guys who uh, made the business what it was at certain points of time. You know, I think our lists are going to represent a little of both of that. Yeah. I agree. And you're going to, and you're going to see, you're going to see where our hearts are and, you know, you're going to say, Oh, that's, that's an easy pick. It's on everybody's list too. I mean, sure. I'm sure you're going to see that with us. So. 
Sure. And that's fine. We know this is not a new topic to broach, obviously, because we've already done it. But anyway, no, you, the thing is, is we wanted to represent a little bit of our favorites, our tastes, our enjoyment, but it's also going to be something that's a bit of a refresher for this podcast. So we had an excellent 2022. Half of it was some of the best stuff, I think, I've ever done on a podcast. And I've done a lot of stuff on a podcast. You know, we had the conversations with Powertown Wrestling, Steve Rosenthal, Magnum TA, Greg Gagne. You know, five months before that, I would have never believed you if you told me I w- that was going to happen. But it was the power of positivity and the power of just simply reaching out to someone and asking a question. And that has opened up my mind so much on all the perspectives of all the shows that I work on. Just to ask, man. They can only say no and they can't reach through the phone to smack you if it insults yeah. them. You know. Now, yeah. while Tito Santana did <laughs> insult me with a price that... Arriba does not afford, does not deserve, whatever. Anyway, he's a Hall of Famer. He was on the cartoon. I wanted him on the show, and he didn't do it. So it was it was a money thing. We'll get into that another time. Anyway, so long story short on that, basically, we had a great 2022, but I feel like 2023 is definitely going to be a banner year as well. You know, that's why I wanted to kind of start this year out with this. Basically, what it is, is it's a refresher. It's a do-over. It's the Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling, the do-over. It's not what you call a fresh start, necessarily, but it's our start to 2023. Yes, exactly. Couldn't have said it better, and I didn't. So, <laughs> you know, before we start the show, I want to say something real quick. It's it's actually started out a bit on a sad note. First off, you know, rest in peace to the announcer, Don West. He died at 59 of lymphoma. He had been battling that for a long time. And, you know, it, it, it's just sad to see because I remember that dude selling me Ken Griffey Jr. baseball cards. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he, he was a... Um... Man of many talents, uh, especially with like TNA and stuff like that. It's, uh, yeah, you know, it's he's like he's kind of one of those faces you see and you think TNA totally. with uh, him, him and Mike Tanay there. And I'd argue two of the greats, man, for sure. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And 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 you know, probably because it wasn't WCW or WWE, you know, kind of sometimes maybe gets a little bit of a slight from people uh, and and not like not intentionally or not like maliciously, but it, it, you know, just, they look, looked at kind of as like, Oh, you're on that lower tier or something like that. But yeah. Yeah. An amazing talent. And uh, you know, yeah, he'll be, he'll be missed in the wrestling industry. Yeah, definitely will. And it's unfortunate because I feel like he had so much more to give, but hopefully he was able to live a happy life and had some peace near his near his death. That's what I want to say. I hope he had peace, you know. So another thing I want to bring up, and this one is absolutely heartbreaking friend of the show, Scott Setchell, he has the Turn Up the Heat podcast and he's the heat miser, Scotty Blaze. And the other night he lost his son, Austin, who's 23 years old. And I didn't know Austin. Scott's posted a lot of fun stuff about him. Seemed like a good kid. You know, I have a 16-year-old son, and I can't help but think, you know, that is just something a parent should never have to do. And Scott, you know, for whatever this means or whatever this says, know that we are praying for you, thinking about you. Good vibes to you, brother. Hope you find some kind of peace. You know, anything you need, you let us know. 
you guys out there in, in listener land, give your love to Scott Setchell for losing his son, Austin Setchell, at the young, way too young age of 23. I can't imagine. So, man. Well, with that being said, and I know that kind of, you know, took us to a real moment there. We're going to, you know, we're going to we're going to take a quick break here and then we're going to come back with our Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling. Joe, you ready? I'm ready, man. All right. Let's see what Wolfie D is going to say right now. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, guys, this is Wolfie D from PG-13. Check out my podcast, Live and in Color, with Wolfie D every Monday at noon. We're talking Memphis. We're talking ECW, WCW, WWF, everywhere that I've been. We even have some great guests, some Hall of Famers on the show with us. Every Monday, Live and in Color with Wolfie D. This is the big picture, Michael Jablonski. Don't forget to tune in every week to Jablonski's Pissed Off on the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. And we are back with Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling's Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling and Jut, you know you're the plastic chic i you know by the way you got a custom christmas gift let's just yeah, talk custom. about that real quick it's it's a one of one plastic chic t-shirt so yes yeah so uh it's a pretty sweet something uh my cool older brother had made for me so that's a that's pretty awesome to me it's a yeah I, <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead no no it's funny because you know I, I i had three t-shirts made custom one of a kind never been made before maybe never again hopefully again and i yeah. made one for you i made one for little brother mason and i made one for my son cash now you all have seen the image with cash as cyclops or i'm sorry <laughs> you have seen the image yeah. of cash as colossus and you have seen you know the image with him standing in front of the give me back my pro wrestling logo that kind of thing so i had cash made one of those i doubt he'll ever wear it but who knows <laughs> maybe in in the future maybe, sometime maybe he'll wear it around the house if nothing else. maybe maybe the house can see it so and then i had mason one just of the logo which he probably was like man this is lame but you know hopefully he enjoyed it and then then you i had to have the plastic chic t-shirt now this one i'm very interested in getting going not only as another show or something else going but i do want to one of the things I really want to focus on is the brand of the Plastic Chic in 2023. So we'll see how that goes. But I really want to turn that into a little more, whether it's with Chic and Chic Junior or whether it's I, just. I just need to break down and get an Instagram. Uh, yeah, Instagram. Maybe you're, you know, yeah. we'll see how uh, that goes. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not promising, but I'm promising, I guess I'll say. <laughs> I mean, you've held out this long. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, I, I hope you're enjoying your T-shirt. You know, I think it's awesome. It was a logo that I created, and I wanted to turn into a sticker. And then I thought, this would be a cool T-shirt, and I found an opportunity to get it made. And so, anyway, y'all can look online on our at GMBMPW pages, and you can look at that image. I'll drop it in there, and so everyone can see it. If you want your own, you got to let us know. We'll figure out how to get them done. I do know that Charlie Charlie at the Give Me Back My Podcast Network, which is our parent network, they do have t-shirt manufacturing capabilities. We just really haven't rolled that out. And I think a network website is coming in the future, but we'll we'll see about that. Hopefully before your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
so, uh, with, with, but with more demand, that's when you'll, that's when stuff will be available to you guys. I mean, if you want something like that, definitely. you know, re- reach out, let us know, and we'll try hard to, you know, make it, make something like that happen. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's with, without knowing you want one, we don't know that. Uh, it would be worth it. Yeah. It would be worth it. Yeah. Cause y'all do listen and we appreciate that, but listen yeah, is free, you know, exactly. So, other than your time, it doesn't ask a whole lot. So, you know, not even really thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we try to think for you over here. So with that being said, today we are doing the Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling. Now, the way I want to do this is I want to do this in singles and in tag, and then we'll figure out what kind of time we have later on if we do anything else. Now, again, if you heard the original show, don't even worry about it. This is brand new. This is a this is the one that counts right here. This is the one that counts. So with that being said, who is your Abraham Lincoln on the Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling, Judd. My Abraham Lincoln um, is going to be the one, the only, the immortal Hulk Hogan. And what's you going to do when Hulk Hogan and his little holsters rumble all over you? I love it. Yes. Now let me and let me say this. I know there are haters out there of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. But I guarantee you. If you're anywhere close to my age, in your mid-30s to mid-40s, Hulk Hogan is part of the reason you like wrestling. You could have hated him. You could have been a heel guy and hated him, and that's fine. But he's still part of the reason you like pro wrestling. Absolutely. You know, people say, oh, he couldn't work. If you could find some of his stuff from Japan, he could work. He didn't have to in the character that Vince had for him. The right. Hulkamania character didn't have to work. It was all about just being the superhero that could overcome anything. Right, exactly. And that's, I mean, dude, you nailed it on the head with that one. Watch his Japanese matches, man. He is killing it over there. He's yeah. working. He's going, I mean, he's literally grappling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's he's and, working holds, you know? And he may not be Flair or Shawn Michaels in the ring, but he's also, and it, it's not as easy as a six foot six, six foot seven guy to be those guys either. Six, um, eight, 303 pounds or whatever yeah. he is, you know? Yeah. And he, he, that dude, exactly. His foot is bigger than a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So, and, 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 you know, is he my favorite wrestler? No, but he means a lot to my journey as a wrestling fan. And yeah. I would be, I would be missing the mark if I didn't have him on this list. I totally agree. And, you know, he is definitely worthy of being on the Mount Rushmore. And in some cases, he may be the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying? Uh, absolutely. absolutely. So now, again, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go with my Abraham Lincoln. So the way we're doing this, I guess, is we'll work him across to where we get to George Washington. But as it is known, as it is said, I'm going to go with my number four in this case or the Abraham Lincoln on the Mount Rushmore is Jerry the King Lawler. Nice. Well, yeah, okay. So here's the thing. Prior to joining WWE in 92, then known as WWF, he wrestled in numerous territories, winning many championships, including multiple heavyweight titles throughout his career. Lawler is a AWA heavyweight champion, a three-time WCWA world heavyweight champion. He unified the titles by defeating Kerry Von Erich at Super Clash 3, and that formed the USWA United World Heavyweight Championship, a championship which he would hold 28 times after that. He's probably best known also for creating sports 
Entertainment when he worked that angle with Andy Kaufman, and he portrayed himself in the 1990 film Man on the Moon. Lawler has held more recognized championships than any professional wrestler in history, though he has never won any championships in WWE, having wrestled there sporadically while primarily providing color commentary since joining the company. In 2007, Lawler was inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame. Okay, that being said, with Lawler right there, what that says to me is that, yes, part of the time he owned the company that he was champion of. Not going to deny that. But when you look at his overall work ability and style, he is one of the more giving guys on my list, meaning a lot of the guys sometimes take a little more. And that's that's with every wrestler, but I feel like Lawler actually wanted to make the person he worked even better. And that's kind of a Memphis mindset of making the guy you're working with look like Superman. So when you beat him, you beat Superman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, Like building up to somebody who just can't be beat. And then, Hey, Lawler beats him. And it's like, Whoa, it's like, wow. Yeah. Didn't think that was possible. Yeah, and dude, the fire that Lawler had. A lot of my guys on my list are the fire guys. They just fire up in a minute's notice. Lawler, to me, had such great fire. Now, he did not always use that method of wrestling. He would save it for great, like, for payoff matches and stuff like that. But dude, when he did fire up, especially there's a Loser Leaves Town match in the mid-80s, mid to late 80s that he did with Bill Dundee that is outstanding. And I highly recommend anyone who get a chance to go on YouTube, look up Lawler Dundee, Loser Leaves Town. That match will fire you up and you will love wrestling or you will find a new reason to love wrestling. And the other thing is, is the creation of sports entertainment. Lawler and Kaufman, you know, Vince passed up on that. Vince Sr. passed up on that. Vince could have actually created the term that he thinks he created. Now, again, (laughs) It wasn't sports entertainment at the time, but dude, that stuff with Kaufman, you know, people are talking about Logan Paul right now. You've still got to beat Lawler Kaufman as the greatest celebrity angle. You know what I'm saying? So, Oh, yeah. And I think sometimes for maybe newer fans who didn't really know anything about Andy Kaufman, dude was a comedic genius uh, from his time on uh, the sitcom Taxi. I mean, just how yeah. How yeah. funny is that show? That show is oh, that you. show is spectacular. I mean, like yeah, it's, it was one of those original, like The Office. You know what I'm saying? It's like oh, a, yeah. it's like a it's like a ensemble cast. You know, sometimes if you have the cast plus writing, you know, what I mean, like shows like Cheers and The Office. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say that Taxi definitely. You know, all those shows that came before it brought its own thing to a, a very original format. Anyway, we love that show. I remember oh, watching. Absolutely that. love it. Yeah. And Kaufman, dude, you know, to know that a comedian loved wrestling that much, so much that he not only, I mean, he was, he believed in it. You know what I mean? He believed yeah. in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and he was such a, and he portrayed the heel kind of so well to the wrestling fans while kind of more mainstream, he looked more sympathetic versus Lawler. Uh, to right. mainstream people who didn't follow wrestling. So it's right. a, it's very interesting dynamic. It totally is. And and the cool thing about it is, you know, if you look at when you know Vince turned that down, Vince also turned down the Rocky deal and had that made Hogan leave and do his own thing. I mean, yeah. Vince Sr. was very protective of the wrestling business, but I don't know that he had the same vision that his son had as far as what wrestling could be. And maybe Vince took some notes from some of these matters that he couldn't make decisions on at the time. I don't know. But I'll say this. This angle that they worked together, that absolutely was your first part 
part of sports entertainment, in my opinion. You know? Yeah, it's definitely meant a lot to have wrestling in the mainstream at the time. Oh, totally. Absolutely, totally. And plus, if you haven't watched Taxi, <laughs> go watch some Taxi. Go watch some Taxi. Definitely. Christopher Lloyd, Danny DeVito. Yeah, I mean, I mean come on. And Tony Danza. Tony Danza. That being said, love, love, love Andy Kaufman. But my number four, my Abraham Lincoln is Jerry Lawler. What do you, what do you got for your your Teddy Roosevelt? <laughs> my Teddy Roosevelt. We're going to go with the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. I am the cold-blooded sausage maker because that's risky business. I am risky business. I am the cold-blooded sausage maker. Oh, let me tell you, Daddy. I love it. And I've been debating this pick and like, but like Dusty just feels right because of, of the wrestling I loved when I grew up and watching NWA to WCW and just knowing how big a hand he had in, you know, the good and the bad at times. But, yeah. uh, you know, he had, you know, created a match like war games, which is probably my favorite one of my favorite gimmick type matches of all time. I just love the, I, I loved watching a uh, road warrior hawk prowl on the outside, like a Panther oh, waiting yeah. to get in there. And, oh, uh, yeah. And I, I always loved that. They always built up with the, usually the four horsemen, like where had the upper hand and they were getting the, they were Extra getting the two on one and the three right. on two and the four on three and, all that and it always it was I don't know it was always just built perfectly you know Starcade the match I mean, what, on <laughs> yeah what what else can you what else can you credit Dusty with so much he was one of a kind in the wrestling industry and he was he was a Muhammad Ali type for wrestling on the microphone and that it's just not matched today with that so he's 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 well deserving of this. He's not on enough of these lists. I hear of people. Right. I think that's what led me to put him on there even more when I realized, man, why is Dusty not on these lists? Yeah. So charismatic, so intelligent with the wrestling business. My gosh. So creative, so hilarious. Oh, hell, he's broken loose. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, but the cool thing was, is he he could look like your dad or your uncle yeah. or your, your your relative or or your cousin or your neighbor or whatever. You had a relative like him, the the guy that everybody wanted to talk to and was you know told funny stories and had a funny accent. And I mean, everybody has some element of Dusty in their family, and that's why you love that person so much. So, with you know, with that being said, that's what translates so much on the on the screen. You feel like you could kind of reach out and touch dusty you know yeah, so yeah and one of the other things about dusty that i i'm always harping on people should sell better these days they need to sell more or just sell <laughs> you don't even have to sell better just, just sell. sell but yeah. dusty was a great sell and i mean he actually you know ricky morton is probably the greatest if i'm putting my money on stuff ricky steamboat but definitely dusty Rhodes was one that could sell his butt off so yeah yeah those those that you named they they were Probably some that they probably got the most sympathy from people as far as when they were selling. Yeah. So, you know, that being said, though, where was that birthmark? What was that exactly? Was that just a birthmark on his stomach? Yeah, I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a birthmark of some kind. I've never I've never done a, a deep dive into what that is, but it has to be like a, a birthmark or something. I don't. Somebody tell us what that is. Is that like the strawberry or whatever? I don't know. Anyway, but <laughs> I love that they put it on a Mattel toy. Yeah. You know. 
Captain Pickard. That's, that's, yeah. that's how accurate they want to be. They put it on there. So <laughs> Anyway, so that's a great one. Your Teddy Roosevelt is Dusty Rhodes. So I'm going to go with my Teddy Roosevelt, and I think it kind of fits the wrestler. And my number three is... The wild and crazy, hardcore legend, actor, wrestler, tag team extraordinaire, Hall of Famer, Terry Funk. He'll fight them anywhere. He's gonna beat them all the time. There is no one I fear. Big biceps in his arms. And heart tendons in his legs. Muscles in his thighs for days. Love it. Yeah, Terry Funk, man. I love his wrestling style. I love his accent. I love his promos. His promos are just ridiculously crazy. Yeah. They I mean, he is such a cool dude. To me, he he's one of those guys that, you know, middle-aged and crazy. I mean, even when he was a young man, he was the NWA heavyweight champion, and he and his brother were the first ever brothers to ever hold that title. But the amount of promotions, I wrote them down here. Listen to this. All Japan, ECW, IWA of Japan, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling, USWA, WCW, WWF, NWA, Big Time Wrestling, Championship Wrestling from Florida, Georgia Championship Wrestling, Stampede Wrestling, also his own company, the Amarillo-based Western State Sports Promotion. So, I mean, I just named the Mount Rushmore of wrestling promotions. <laughs> you know I what mean, I mean? I don't know that there's many more out there that to name after that list. Right. And then at the titles that he's held, ECW World Heavyweight Title, the NWA World Heavyweight Title, the USWA Unified World Title, the WWF World Tag Team Championship, ECW World Television Title. He's actually headlined ECW's premier annual pay-per-view event, November to Remember, three times. And Funk has actually been inducted into multiple halls of fame, among them the WWE, WCW, NWA, and the Hardcore Hall of Fame. And probably he's in the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, too, by the way. We just haven't inducted anybody yet. But, dude, I mean, and here, let me just tell you about the movies he was in. So he was in Paradise Alley, that awesome. You should all go watch that movie if you haven't seen that. Of course, he was Rooker in Over the Top. He was in a movie called Time Stalkers. He was one of my favorite characters in one of my favorite movies, Roadhouse. Morgan is his name. Name's Dalton. Yeah. (laughs) You don't look too tough to me. Anyway, Mom, Can I Keep Her? There's another movie, Active Stealth. Haven't seen that one. Beyond the Mat, he played himself in that documentary. I know the whole listenership has watched that movie. If you haven't, go find it. It's probably on YouTube or Tubi or something like that. But Beyond the Mat, highly recommend that. Jake the Snake, it's depressing in a way, but at the same time, it's a good one to watch. Friday Night Lights, he was a fan in that, apparently. I didn't see that. And he was most recently in The Ringer in 2005 with Johnny Knoxville. Then on TV, he did Wild Side. He did Swamp Thing. I didn't know that. I would love to see that. Wow, okay. The one thing that the first time I remember seeing him on TV was this one, Quantum Leap. He played Carl Shiloh, one of the tough brothers that they were going to have to face. Then Tequila and Bonetti. Never heard of that, but I would watch it. The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. I love that show. Highly underrated. It's on Tubi. I watch it all the time. He played Amarillo Dokes in Thunder in Paradise. I would love to find Thunder in Paradise. Thunder in Paradise. Where could you find that at? I wonder if it's on HBO Max or something, man. I don't know. Maybe. I would love to 
watch some old Thunder in Paradise. So, hey, listeners out there, tell us where we can find that. Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction, he played the wrestler Dirk Simmons. And then Dark Side of the Ring, he played himself. So here's the thing. Terry Funk was one of the original guys to do the shows, and here's why he did it. He did it for the SAG union benefits. So Mm. everybody knows professional wrestling will never, won't ever, couldn't ever, will probably dream about it but never happen the unionizing of professional wrestling ain't going to happen here's why because where would it start would the indie guys get it or would it have to be in some sort of type of promotion and then would those promotions have to work together to do a union no it ain't going to happen i would love to see some sort of healthcare benefit for all wrestlers as a long-term thing for the billions of dollars that aew and wwe are bringing in i would love to see some sort of long-term health care even if you had a cup of coffee in the business but Off on another subject, he was one of the OG guys to go to movies and TV like Jesse Ventura to get the SAG benefits, which is genius because if you do enough movies to get that insurance, then that's a lot of money. Tell me this, Jared. You probably know this because of your job. How much is it to carry your own health insurance without having it through your job? How much is that a month? It's probably, if it's just on like one person, I mean, it all depends on your age and everything like that, I think. But I would say it's, you know, anywhere from 600 to to $1,000 a month. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you may say that's chump change to a pro wrestler, but dude, that adds up. That's $12,000. And, and there could be added in, could be even more for a pro wrestler who has a, a tendency more to have small injuries and Pre-existing. pre-existing conditions, back injuries. Yeah. Uh, it could even be 1500 to 2000 I mean, possibly. I, I'm no expert on that. I'm, j- I'm just talking from what I've seen with uh, you know people yeah. who are who, who work a job and carry insurance, how much it costs. So. That's brutal. So Terry Funk is also a genius because of that. And I know that Jesse Ventura did it. I know that Roddy Piper did it and Brad Hart did it. There's a numerous amount of wrestlers that do it. And with Screen Actors Guild benefits, they're pretty posh, man. I mean, they're, you know, they're not hurting at all. And all you have to do is do a little acting here randomly and you get to keep that Screen Actors Guild benefits. So good for him. You know, smart, 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 very smart. smart. And I know it helped probably some other guys do it, too. So anyway, that's my number three, Terry Funk, a.k.a. the Teddy Roosevelt on the Mount Rushmore Pro Wrestling. So anyway, Lawler and Funk had a great angle together, by the way. You know, my eye, my eye. Anyway, I highly recommend go watch my two guys wrestle and sometime (laughs) watch Hulk and Dusty, too, if you can find. Oh, yeah, you can find it. So what's your Thomas Jefferson, a.k.a. number two? My Thomas Jefferson. And I, I'm not really listing them in order. I'm just listing them kind of on the way I'd like to see them on that Mount Rushmore if okay, I had I the like pic- picture laid out. And, I, and man, I, th- this, is, he, this is probably my fourth entry if you really want to count it, just because I debated between two or three guys on this. But if you've listened to enough of me and Jimmy talk, you're going to know this guy's going to be on my list. It's the Icon Sting. Oh, yeah. And I mean, what can you say that he's on our Mount Rushmore for sure? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Sting, there's something about Sting that I enjoy so much because one, he was loyal to a fault. Uh, You know, he was loyal to WCW. He was even loyal to TNA uh, when he didn't have to be. And, you know, he, in my opinion, he got dumped on by WWE, whether that was Vince, whatever. 
I, I can't speak to why he uh, didn't get a better shake in the few matches he had in WWE. I do enjoy that he's done pretty well as a, you know, special attraction in AEW. Um, I'd love to see like the trio belt on him or something like that in AEW. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that would be amazing. Maybe tag belts if you get the right situation. But I think the trios belt would be a good one to put on him. Him, Darby, and somebody else to get the trios at some point. Yeah, maybe Uh, Danhausen. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, something just before he retires, just just one little go with the – with with the straps of some kind, I I think he said he won't wrestle a solo match in AEW uh, just because he doesn't think he can do it justice, and I admire that. He's had such a a positive effect on me as a wrestling fan. Loved him when he first came up in WCW um, as the Surfer Sting, so to say, yeah. and love the transition to the Crow Sting. You've you've heard us talk about that before, uh, but you know. I even like I even like his stuff in TNA. I mean, I didn't get to watch all of it, uh, but yeah. you know, I, I I loved what he did, and um, you know, he had some pretty good matches in, you know, and he's such a professional. If you watch that match, uh, and I'm not I'm not crapping on Jeff Hardy here, but where Jeff Hardy's like messed up, like yeah. he is like he can't right. stand basically do anything like that. Yeah, I mean, like you see him, he's Sting is like visibly like sorry guys to the fans. He's like. Right, I, I can only do what I can do. So yeah, I just feel yeah. like he's a stand-up guy, and you know, I've never heard him really say anything bad about anybody in interviews or anything like that. And that's, you know, it's so easy to to crap on other people or anything like that. But he he's, he just seems like a genuine nice guy, and I'd be surprised if he wasn't a nice guy. And you know, in this case, the nice guy made my list. So I love Sting, and he's a uh, he's a favorite of, of this podcast. So Absolutely. he's on my list. Absolutely. Love Sting. He's he's one of the best for sure. He didn't actually make my list, but I it's not that he shouldn't be on there. It's just that I had four guys that I could not remove. That was my goal. But I tell you what, Sting is definitely number five or number six for me. I think Sting is highly underrated. He was your and my Hulk Hogan. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, to us, I think Hulk Hogan was kind of this mythic Superman-like character that you know you couldn't reach but batman there was sting for us and yeah not to, not to go back to our old episode of wrestling superheroes but what i mean by that is you know sting to us was so important we got to see him wrestle and that was awesome and i know for a fact you know I wish we could find out the specifics on the show that we saw back in the late 80s. Oh, yeah, I love that. But I don't know what happened with that. But long story short, anyway, the cool thing about Sting to me is how he had a great career and then he had another great career. And what's cool is now he's given all that back people who need it. And I hope that he's able to be a vocal leader I know he's probably definitely active as an actions leader. You know what I'm saying? People follow his actions. But I really hope he's able to be a vocal leader because I know for a fact right now through several different workers that are working right now or have worked recently that the new guys don't listen to anybody anymore. They have an amazing chip on their shoulder and they just literally don't listen to anybody about their 
you know, they, they want to do it their way. And, and in a way, you got to respect that. But, you know, recently I just saw Sting cut a hell of a promo on Darby on maybe Dynamite or Rampage. It was recently. It was last week. I know he cut a great promo. It might have been Rampage. But basically, Darby's like, oh, I feel all bad. I'm on a TNT championship. Can't ever win a Smojo, whatever. But, <laughs> bah, bah, you know, being the kind of like a son type character and stings just standing there like just shut up do it you know and he it's funny because that reminds me of how to be a parent no i'm just kidding but <laughs> with that being said sting is a definite great mount rushmore pick so i definitely appreciate that one for sure so yeah all right well my number two and could be my number one if not for my number one but my number two absolutely most important the hot scott rowdy roddy piper and you know born in saskatoon saskatchewan canada a lot of people think he's from glasgow scotland he's really not that was a gimmick that's his people you know he, he passed away in 2015 cardiac arrest caused by high blood pressure he had four kids i mean he he was a real piper he could actually play the bagpipes he was trained by judo gene labelle and a few he can actually guys. fight <laughs> he can actually fight throwing hands his debut was in 69 dude oh my and, goodness yeah and he officially retired in 2011 and i think it was because he was he was working some matches with flair and anyway i think they got on the road and they were a little bit too much like themselves and i do know that roddy piper is a temperamental person and a, a lot of people have said that not only does he have a hot temper in his character i think he also could get pretty wonky a little bit sometimes in real life but another guy that's a wrestler actor Hall of Famer. I mean, he's very similar to Terry Funk in that regard. In one of the greatest wrestler movies of all time, They Live. Dude, They Live is like right now, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once you put on the glasses, you see the world as it really is. You can never see the world again in the same light. And sometimes you have to fight a dude to make him see it. <laughs> exactly. In one of the greatest fights ever in a movie with him and Keith David in that alleyway, dude, tell me that. Ain't, oh. I mean, anyway, I know y'all have watched. Much. They, yeah, I know y'all have watched They Live, but if you haven't, dude, go stop this right now and go watch They Live. Then come on back and finish the episode. Anyway, in professional wrestling, Piper was best known as international audiences for his work in WWF and now WCW and WWE between 84 to 2000. Although he was Canadian because of his Scottish heritage, he was billed as coming from Scotland and was known for his signature kilt and bagpipe entrance music. Piper earned the nicknames Rowdy and Hot Rod by displaying his trademark Scottish temper, spontaneity, and quick wit. He is considered to be one of the greatest heels to wrestle ever. One of wrestling's most recognizable stars, Piper headlined multiple pay-per-view events, including the WWF and WCW's respective premier annual events, WrestleMania and Starcade. He accumulated 34 championships and hosted the popular WWE interview segment Piper's Pit, which facilitated numerous kayfabe feuds. In 2005, Piper was inducted into the Hall of Fame by his buddy, Ric Flair, who dubbed him the most gifted entertainer in the history of pro wrestling. Outside of pro wrestling, Piper acted in dozens of films and TV shows, most notably taking the lead of John Nada in the 1988 cult classic They Live. Let me just read his filmography here. So the one and only was his first one. Then, of course, our favorite Body Slam. I mean, yeah, Body on. Slam. That that Quick Rick Roberts. We watched that in full on one of our old episodes. I think it's episode eight, but it might be look 
three, <laughs> depending on how things are on our archives. But go back in the archives. You can check out Body Slam. Hell Comes to Frogtown, another great movie. Very interesting, really weird kind of movie, but I, I love it. Also, of course, They Live. Two really good movies right there in 88. Then 89, Buy and Sell. He plays a cowboy. In a show tag team, he plays Rick McDonald. And it turned into a movie, but it actually was going to be a pilot to a TV show called Tag Team with Jesse the Body Ventura, which unfortunately didn't happen. And then he had Immortal Kombat in 92, Back in Action, 93. Played a lot of straight-to-DVD films, you know what I mean? Peter oh, Storm yeah. there in anyway. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no content. <laughs> <laughs> Tough and Deadly, Jungle Ground, Terminal Rush, saw that. It's a good movie. Marked Man, Sci Fighters, First Encounter, Dead Tides, Bad Pack, Hard Time, Last to Surrender. It kind of sounds like a bunch of Steven Seagal f- movies, but. Are you it, sure you're not reading Steven Seagal? <laughs> hold on, let me check. Nope. Anyway, I mean, he did a lot of stuff, definitely direct to TV, but good for him. Again, he kept that Screen Actors Guild going. And honestly, he ended up working more than Terry Funk did in other stuff. So, you know, he was on The Highwayman. He was in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, The Love Boat, Silk Stockings. Yeah. There you go. Highlander. Yeah. Anybody who knows WWF Raw knows Silk Stockings. I'm just Late saying. Late night, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Highlander, of course. Some people think that's the greatest character ever. Ha! I'm fine. <laughs> Robocop. I'm another <laughs> character they think is yeah. the greatest character ever. Walker, Texas Ranger, The Outer Limits. Louis Thoreau's Weird Weekends, that's a good episode if you haven't seen that. Mentors, The Man Show, Robot Chicken, Sunny in Philadelphia, Cold Case, Fantasy Factory, a ton of Storage Wars, Adventure Time, Food Factory, Piper's Pit, of course, he was his own thing, and then Table of Three. Yeah, man, I mean, that dude was super active in movies, and dude, he was a movie star, he had great movie star looks he was in good shape you know one of his greatest matches ever winning the intercontinental title from bret hart at wrestlemania i mean i'm saying roddy piper there shouldn't be anybody in the world if you love pro wrestling you should know roddy piper very well so anyway that's my number two my thomas jefferson on the mount rushmore well that's a good one brother i mean it's uh it's hard to think things go up from roddy piper but uh (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they do. Uh, yeah, I think so. Piper is so underrated by a lot of people, and if you only remember him from WCW when he came back to oh, kind of yeah. challenge Hogan, then you missed out a lot on Roddy Piper. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely, and probably his best stuff you missed out on. But he yeah. was so good in that in that role as you know the kind of the opposite role with Hogan. It was him taking uh, the face and Hogan being the heel. Yeah. WCW to, to show the range that he could do. He wasn't always going to be the uh, perfect face and always do things the right way, but he was going to, he was going to represent the fans and, uh, and himself. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. So, you know, Piper to me was one guy that, could have used the heavyweight title. And I mean, WCW oh. fixed that, but in the big time, in the WWF, you know, yeah. he should have had a world title. In fact, if you think about it, Hogan should have won that from him. It, you know, he should have had it at WrestleMania. Long story short, I know there were some issues with Piper losing to Mr. T, and Hogan said, we could have made a lot of money, brother. But anyway, find that on YouTube. Yeah. It's an interesting video where, where Hogan talks about what he talked to Piper about. But Piper, apparently, like a lot of guys, was a little paranoid, you know, having fought 
for his spot to where he got it. He wanted to protect his character and didn't want to lose a lot. And honestly, Hogan didn't actually beat him until sometime in WCW. So really, you know, he was undefeated with Hogan when it mattered. So that that's a pretty crazy thought, you know. So with that's that being true. said, with that being said, though, Piper's WCW run is highly underrated. Even though people are like, yeah, you think Piper, you think Flair, you think Hogan, you think Macho, you think DDP, you think Sting, you think all these guys that were big time names, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall at that time, Piper did not seem outdated. Piper did not seem old but at that time he was battling a lot of injuries that he had worked through and stuff but anyway i i just love roddy piper and and honestly there shouldn't be a mount rushmore somewhere that shouldn't have his face scraped on it you know like all the ones we've talked about before so anyway yeah, piper piper was just a one of a kind Absolutely. So I want to do this, okay? And I'm just going to go on an assumption here, but we're going to go with this. For the number one, I would like us to both, at the same time, say or imitate their catchphrase, okay? Now, be it a phrase or a word or a sound or whatever, but for our number one, and I'm going to, I'm, I haven't seen your list and you haven't seen mine, so I'm just going to go out on a limb here. I want it to, even if it doesn't, even even if it isn't the same noise, I want it to be together. Okay, so okay. On, on now this is for our number one person, the the George Washington. So on three, two, one, woo! <laughs> the sixteen time, twenty one time, honestly, Hall of Famer two times, greatest of all freaking time, the Goat Ric Flair. The man. man to be the man, you got to beat the man. Exactly, and it, you ain't the man. You know what I mean? You so ain't the man, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Honestly, if you don't have him on your Mount Rushmore, screw your Mount Rushmore. That's all I can say. You got to redo it. You got to redo it. Yeah, your Mount Rushmore does not count if you don't have the goat on it. So you know, a lot of people are going to be flipping out. Where's Stone Cold Steve? Where's The Rock? Where's Triple H? All that. Where's HBK? Again, that can be on your Mount Rushmore. And guess what? I won't argue one of those. I'll actually say, hey, that's a good I'll call. argue with The Rock. I'll argue with The Rock. Right. But think about what. I love The Rock. I love The Rock. But I I don't think he deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore of a wrestling list. I totally agree. But I'm just I saying. Mean, like, yeah. Anybody else. I, I, I won't argue anybody else. But I think yeah, The I, Rock. I think The Rock has. His acting career has surpassed. His sure. wrestling career, so so it's hard for me to put him on my re- my wrestling list when you know he really you know what eight years yeah six years of really like yeah I'll, I'll became, argue the rock but nobody else I'll argue <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing names out Macho Man Andre Taker oh, yeah Harley Race Luther Andre, Andre's my number five so yeah well. I, that's a great one. I mean, Taker is definitely on there. Ray Stevens, Ricky Steamboat. Here's one, Bobby Heenan. Oh, yeah. Dude, dude's a worker. As far as Mount Rushmore Pro Wrestling, you know, to be honest, he could be on there. And then what? what's the argument of Vince McMahon being on there? Think about it. I mean, it, nobody's meant more in, in some degrees. 
some degrees. You know, he's definitely not going to be for in the ring. He's not going to be. But as far as a villain, as far as what he's done for pro wrestling, again, you know, kind of almost killed it in certain cases and brought it back and fought through yeah. it. But Vince, you know, could could be on there for sure. And damn. Anyway, here's the thing. Ric Flair, to me, is what you would say it, it, the when we say the greatest of all freaking time i mean that like that dude a lot of people say well you wrestled the same and bret hart has said that and some guys that should or could be on a mount rushmore and might have been at one time on a mount rushmore of mine but with that being said that's why i still think rick flair is the greatest because he could wrestle a similar match with everyone dude yeah. think about that vader <laughs> with psycho sid with, I mean, you can wrestle guys like Barry Windham and Harley Race and Ricky Steamboat all day and have no issues. But at the same time, if you or Dusty too, but if you take it to somebody like a Sid or a, or an Ultimate Warrior or a, I mean, even an Andre. I mean, Andre couldn't have been easy wrestling, even as agile Andre, even younger Andre. You know, so I don't know. That, yeah, that's to be able to I wrestle, think. if you want to say somebody wrestled the same match, I mean, they didn't wrestle with the same person. I mean, like right. to be able to wrestle a spectacular match with somebody the size of Ricky Morton and then to turn around and do it with somebody the size of Vader. Yeah. yeah. Dang. I, know. I mean, I know seriously. Plus he made sting and that's on your list. So yeah, yeah. He, he really put a character on the, I mean, maybe if he never wrestled Ric Flair, would he even be on there? Who knows? Maybe he would have Maybe What if, still, what if, what, what if, but you know, what's funny by the way, I have received so many, messages about possible what ifs i can't i I meant to tell you i got to go over some of these with you because people are really thinking about these man so anyway we'll talk about that another time but long story short rick flair the man the legend the greatest of all time the nature boy 16 time but if you really count what rick flair says 21 time you know if you think about it in the long run our Mount Rushmore is opinion. You know what I'm saying? But what we did was try to take part of that in with the the people that we hold near and dear in our hearts as, as we love their matches. But I would argue that Ric Flair, even if you weren't like a nostalgic guy with him, I would argue that he should still be on there because of the overall gift that he gave wrestling and wrestling gave him. I mean, right. no dude ever lived his gimmick as well. <laughs> I mean, he was the million dollar man before there was a million dollar man. He was a Mr. Perfect before there was a Mr. Perfect. You could argue there's three or four gimmicks that the WWF did that could have been taken from Ric Flair. Three that I'll give you right now. Mr. Perfect, million dollar man, and the Red Rooster. Because if you think about how Terry Taylor looked and how Ric Flair, when he would blade and get that pink stripe up the middle of his head... Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, I know Bruce Pritchard's tried to deny that, but there's something to that. I'm not going to fight that. So. A, de- a definite what if I just thought of would be a cool one to do is what if Ric Flair had done the million dollar man gimmick? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, think about that, dude. You know, yeah. so I mean, I mean he could have definitely pulled it off. I don't know that. I mean, I love Ted DiBiase in that role, so I don't know that he would yeah. necessarily have been better, but it, it would have been, I think it would have been different. Like two. Sometimes uh, I think about what if Ted DiBiase worked out because I never felt yeah. like 
he he was one of those natural body guys that was a really natural body guys. Like he yeah, just seemed a, to have a natural look. It just yeah, a natural athletic look. Like you know, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, a lot of the tag team guys. You know, those guys just never worked out, or it didn't look like they did. And you know, Ted, if he would have put on some serious, like Jake, you know. If those guys, I, I don't oh, know yeah. that they need to be body guys, but even if they would have gotten to like a Magnum TA look or something, what would have that done? Who knows? You know, also, you know, some guys that we could have put on here, Rick Rude, Kurt Hennig, you know, all these guys that could have been on this list. But to me, Rick Flair, I mean, it's almost enough said on that, right? I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we had eight spots, you know, I'm sure Taker, Stone Cold, Andre, you know, Macho, Macho. Yeah. I don't know. We'd probably need 10 if we got eight. So it's right. It's all, right. You always need more. It's like the college Harley, football playoffs. HB, college football eight. playoffs. You got four. You always want eight. If you get eight, you want 12. Yeah. We want 13, 15, yeah. 20, 80, 100. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's so many, there's so many great ones. It's always hard to limit it down to four. And, you know, that's why we had to separate singles and, and tag teams too. I mean, yeah, if we well, didn't, if we didn't, it would be a hard time making this list. Yeah, we would have it because I mean, I'll get to this later, but I do have an actual Jimmy all-time Mount Rushmore. But that is my top four singles that I feel like are the true Mount Rushmore pro wrestling. I loved your list, and honestly, if you made me with a gun to my head take your list, I would be stoked about it too. So yeah, I, I could, I could, you know, no wrong answers here, guys. No wrong answers, but speaking of no wrong answers, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Listen to our homies from other podcasts. Let them tell y'all about their shows. Go listen to them as well. We'll be right back, and we're going to do the tag team Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling on Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. If you're a pro wrestling fan, there's something for everyone at the Cheap Heat TV Podcast Network. From the pro wrestling discussion show, Cheap Heat TV Live, to the interview show, the Jackson Interaction Podcast with the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson. To the silliness of the Whitey Jenkins Show and the brand new Zip, Xander's Irresistible Podcast with Charles Anders. You can check them all out and much more over at CheapHeatTVLive.com. If you're a fan of rock music, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to check out my podcast. It's called the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been doing it for about 10 years now. We talk about Kiss. We talk about Ozzy. We talk about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Metallica. We talk about all the legends from the 60s and on up to brand new bands that you should be hearing about today that you're not going to hear on the radio. It's Decibel Geek. Wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find us there. If you love rock and roll, I can almost guarantee you're going to love my show. All right, we are back with the Mount Rushmore of Pro Wrestling on Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. Anyway, so we just did our single Pro Wrestling Mount Rushmore. Had some great guys on it. Honestly, could have had 30 more guys on it and would have been arguable. But this one is our tag team. Now, here's the thing. Jared and I, we are the greatest tag team in professional wrestling podcast history. We're the reigning tag team champions of pro wrestling podcasts, and we're not stopping with that. So we were a tag team growing up. We're a tag team in real life. We're the Street Boys. We're the Street Brothers. We're the 
I don't care what you call us, but that's what we are. The Street Express, the Street Warriors, <laughs> PG Street. I don't <laughs> anyway. Long story short, we are the tag team of pro wrestling podcast. So I think we could have almost made a whole show about the pro wrestling Mount Rushmore of tag teams. But I do feel like you and I are going to hit a lot of doubles here in this one because we grew up together close you know, as brothers. So we obviously loved a lot of the same wrestling and the same teams. Now we may diverge somewhere, but in this case, so you went first in the singles. I'm going to go first on the tag teams. Is that cool with you? That sounds awesome. All right. So in order as best I can do here, number four in the Abraham Lincoln spot on the Mount Rushmore is the P to the G plus the one and the three PG 13, the boys from the hood. Boys from the hood are on the MIC. The 16-time USWA champs wrestled an ECW, WWF, WCW, ton of outlaw and indie shows. Jamie Dundee and Wolfie D. My homie, my podcast partner, Wolfie D, live and in color. I know y'all have heard that one. You can say it, Judd. Does does Wolfie pay you for every mention of the drop of him? (laughs) Because he should. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They're, they're good. They are. They are spectacular. As uh, you know, the unfortunate part is they're just not as well known as most tag teams. But you've you've become much more well versed with them. Uh, but you already were. But you've right. become much more well versed as you've spent time doing your podcast with Wolfie. And uh, I can really hear it. You know, there's good reason. They they have such chemistry. And you know, if they were, you know, in in the in the WWF, if they were a little bit bigger, like right. physically bigger. Yeah. They, they may have been much more household names today. And unfortunately the WWF didn't ever know what to do with tag teams. They messed up the road warriors. Yeah. For goodness sake. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And we've talked about this a hundred times. We've talked about it with Cassidy Riley. We've talked about it with anybody that talks tag teams with us, but you know, PG to me, if you look at it, so there's a lot of teams that took from them. There's a lot of superstars that took from them. Not necessarily like saying, hey, them, hey, what was that tag team from Memphis? Let's rip them off. I don't know yeah. that that was the case. But when it came time for a gimmick idea, you know, public enemy for sure definitely took something from PG. Too cool. Brian Christopher and Scotty Too Hotty. Absolutely. Especially since Brian was their buddy. You know, Brian ran the roads with those guys. Yeah. And then he goes to WWF and he's in a tag team. And and they even had a move called the hip hop drop. And that was something that the two cool took and named a, a move called the hip hop drop. It's it's almost disgusting how much they were ripped off by Too Cool. Again, loved Brian Christopher. He really was cool to me whenever we would work similar shows to, or where we would work on the same shows with one another. He was super cool to me, and I always really appreciated him. I know he had his ups and downs, and you know, obviously, rest in peace. But too cool, ripped him off. John Cena. Now, did I? You know, the funny thing is, is yes, you could almost argue that he did. But all of these people that ripped them off touched them in some way. You had. Public Enemy with them in ECW. You had Too Cool with Brian Christopher, obviously, USWA Memphis. Then you had John Cena who worked with Wolfie D in in OVW. So, I mean, there was passing moments of of all times. Now, again, Cena's probably a long shot as far as like, hey, I'm going to rip them off and make this my own gimmick. But with that being said, PG-13, very original. Now, I talked to this about Wolfie. The New Age Outlaws, think about their model. If PG-13 had the same size as New Age Outlaws, think about that, dude. Put your mind to it. 
great worker, but better talker in Road Dog, right? Better sports entertainer, in his words. Better sports entertainer. Than I mean, seriously, people. though. I mean, I mean, seriously, yeah. sports entertainer. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Better sports entertainer. Then you take, I mean, just think about it. The more athletic and more talented in the ring, but not as good on the microphone. And again, to compare Jamie and Wolfie on the microphone is pretty worlds apart, even though Wolfie was great on the microphone. You still had Jamie, who was one of the great, he's on the Mount Rushmore of, of promo guys, because he there's hardly anybody better on the microphone than him. Maybe Jim Cornette, maybe Flair, maybe Piper, maybe Dusty. But what I mean he is, is he's in that legendary status. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so yeah. he, he was for sure the best Memphis guy on the mic. And I'll, I'll go with that. And you can tell me anything's different if you think. But long story short, Jamie is the road dog. Wolfie is the Billy Gunn. I'm just saying, compare that all you like. But that if they would have had their size, PG-13 would have been in the Hall of Fame a hundred times. But as I always say, PG-13 is my number four. And again, go watch. I'm, I'm telling you, you can watch a million matches with them and Gilbert and Rich. Watch Gorgeous George the Third and Tommy Rich with them. Watch Lawler and Dundee with them. Watch... Uh, rock and roll is one of the greatest. If you watch their feud, that's the feud that kicked off the USWA Smoky Mountain feud was them. You know, the rock and rolls working as a heel and the PGs as the baby faces, dude. I mean, it was genius. So them working together and then also watch Al Brown and Sonny Rogers on WWF Raw. It was PG's first ever match. Sonny Rogers and Al Brown put them over like kings. And they do a tilt-a-whirl splash in there. They get all this other stuff in there. Honestly, bro, y'all go watch that match. It's on YouTube. Just look up PG-13 WWE Raw, and you'll see that match. I swear you'll love it. So, anyway, that's enough. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're good, man. You're good. It's, uh, it's, it's It just shows how passionate you are and that you believe what you're saying. Absolutely. Definitely do. And wouldn't change it for the world. Now, your number four, your Abe Lincoln, what do you got for me? So, one of the people in this pairing is one of my all-time favorites. And to make room on my uh, singles list, I just simply said, hey, it makes sense to put him on the tag list. And that's going to be Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, the Four Horsemen, the most powerful name in professional wrestling. You can call them the Brain Busters. You could call them part of the Four Horsemen. The Four Horsemen. Uh, well, you better call them part of the four horsemen, <laughs> exactly. but, but their work is, is just incredible. They're so good on the microphone. They're so believable as heels. You hated them. You didn't want your wife or girlfriend to be at the Marriott with, with these guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so just, just Arnold Tully. Like if if you're a fan, if you're if you're a more of a, just a current fan, and yeah. you love FTR, you yeah. love Arn and Tully, and you don't know it. I mean, you like, already do. Yeah, you exactly. already do. So, um, uh, FTR kind of is in, in in the range of if you mixed Arn and Tully with the Midnight Express, you probably right, right. You probably maybe got them. even a little Heart Foundation or something. and maybe yeah, with a little Heart Foundation dash of that in there. Yeah, and, and you've got and you've got FTR. So. 
great tag team. The Arn and Tully and the Brain Busters, dude, I mean, I'm telling you, they could write books on their ability of cutting off the ring, double team. They literally were probably one of some of the smaller guys on the roster up in WWF at that time. But because they worked together, that's why I argue PG-13 is great because they worked together just like the rock and rolls. They used their tag team to make themselves successful, even though they weren't as big as the guys they were working all the time. Because they were a great team, you take a team and that's going to beat somebody that so if you take somebody like that's what made midnights and that's what made rock and roll and that's what made tully and arn great against the road warriors is because if you worked as a team and you broke down the defense cut, cut the ring in half used everything in your ability in your tool bag and used it all you 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 could beat a team like the road warriors and that's that's why i say that arn and tully definitely deserve to be on the mount rushmore for sure and and just their heel persona is just, uh, you know, chef's kiss emoji, whatever you want to say. Absolutely. Yeah. Chef's kiss. Yeah. Arn and Tully. Arn and Tully could be on the Mount Rushmore of singles as well. But when they put themselves together in a tag team, they're my number five. Them or the British Bulldogs. I don't know. I'm just thinking, man, I would have loved to watch them and the British Bulldogs work. My God. Oh, wow. Yeah. That would have been killer. The Midnights and the British Bulldogs, the Heart Foundation and the Rock and Roll. I'm just thinking of all the different. Anyway, obviously this list, when you hear it, you're going to hear maybe what we loved as a kid. And that's probably Jim Crockett the most, though. So anyway. Absolutely. That's no lie. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely no lie there. So, all right. Well, my number three. So it's hard to beat Arn and Tully in anything, but... As villain tag team, my number three, my Teddy Roosevelt, is is possibly the greatest tag team of all time. And you could put them together with their manager, and they were darn near unbeatable and just absolutely smooth as butter and cold as ice and sharp as a razor blade midnight express ladies and gentlemen give a nice warm welcome to the human highlight film of wrestling beautiful bobby and sweet stand the midnight express i'm specifically saying the beautiful bobby and stan lane team which i felt like was just a step above a little bit but there's you know bobby and dennis you know and i know they started out as norvell austin randy rose and dennis condry in memphis but really to me jim Cornette as the manager of bobby and stan and again, nothing taken away from Dennis because they could be number five is the midnight with Bobby and, and Dennis. But my favorite, they looked better in the ring as far as their looks go w- with their their gear they wore. And just overall, anytime you have a tag team with Bobby Eaton on it. And then, of course, Stan Lane, you know, came, coming from the fabulous ones who had just worked as heels and baby faces again. That's another tag team that could easily be on the tag team Mount Rushmore is Steve totally. Kern and Stan Lane. You know, go watch some fabulous one matches. That's incredible stuff, you know. But that being said, right now, my number three is Midnight Express. And my number three as well is the Midnight Express. And specifically, <laughs> Jim Cornette, Bobby Eaton, and Stan Lane. You know, I nothing against anybody, any other form of the um, Midnights, but... Something about Bobby and Stan, to me, were the perfect mixture. Um, you know, Stan was more of the the guy that, that you know, you, you would, like, 
the focus on Bobby was the worker, not to stay and couldn't work. Right. Uh, it, it just wasn't uh, just what he just wasn't in Bobby's league to me, but who he is um, not very many people. He, Jim Cornette on the microphone, you know, could draw heat for himself and his guys. Um, you know, he, he's got that whiny spoiled brat going to call his mama. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Persona just uh, was like, you just, I mean, I, I, I can see why you hear so many stories of them having to fight their way out of arenas. I mean, like, Oh, definitely. And then what they found when they fought their way out with four flat tires and broken windows. And yeah, um, I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's just like incredible to think how, how it didn't end up the, the wrong way sometimes for them. You know, I got to know Bobby a little bit, actually have his phone number in my, in my cell phone. And Bobby to me is one of the guys that to me is he's on the Mount Rushmore of nicest wrestlers. I mean, he's on the Mount Rushmore of greatest people as a whole. I mean, Bobby, I'm going to tell a quick story. I've told it before, but I've known Bobby from working with him in Virginia and North Carolina. And then I got to know him again in Tennessee and I'd worked with him on a Mike Porter show, you know, just a great guy. We got to talking and, and talking about similar stuff. I would always pick his brain about Cornette and he would always just tell me all these great stories about crazy stuff they did on the road. He would have obviously been a excellent podcast host or guest, you know, yeah. Bobby wasn't necessarily the talker, but when he get going, he was great. So I walk in the back of stall Southern all-star wrestling in Millersville, Tennessee. And on the back of the wall, there's kind of the veterans wall and there's the, the new guys wall and there's the current and all this, but on the wall sat this Chris Michaels sitting on one seat. Now, Chris, we had a great episode with him. Go back and check that out. Great, great episode. Love Chris. He's awesome. Then we had beautiful Bobby Eaton. Then we had Mike Searcy, who was an NWA top rope wrestling promoter in Lebanon, Tennessee. Heck of a guy, really good promoter. We've lost him as well. Then you had Reno Riggins, legendary villain, legendary jobber, legendary enhancement guy, legendary carpenter. Great dude. Didn't know him very well at all. Met him once, but not much. Then you had Wolfie D. I I knew Wolfie a little bit, but Wolfie wasn't like my homie like he is now. So I walk in there, I shake Chris's hand. I knew Chris a little bit. Bobby sees me, recognizes me, jumps up, hugs me, says, hey, brother, how you doing? We talked for about five minutes. Out of the corner of my eye, Mike is sitting there and he's just talking to somebody. Maybe somebody came up and asked him about a, a gimmick or something. And then I see Reno and Wolfie looking at each other and they do that face like that, like, who is this guy? I mean, yeah. you know, Reno's like, who is this dude? And Wolfie is like, I don't know, whatever. And Bobby hugs me and they, I walk by him and I shake their hand and they kind of give this look of like, well, if Bobby likes him, <laughs> you gotta be all right. Yeah. He can't be that bad. So, you know, Bobby, you put me over that night and you've always been cool to me. I miss you. We miss you. Wish you could still be here to talk to you and, and just have you around. But I know you're you're in a good place with your wife and I hope you're 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 okay now and, and have some peace in your life. But yeah, enough of that. Let's let's go on. But the Midnight Express definitely gotta be on the Mount Rushmore. And honestly, if nobody if you take no one else from this list, if you don't put the Midnights in the Mount Rushmore, your Mount Rushmore doesn't count. Sorry. Yeah, we we <laughs> take we take away away your rights. Right. Mount exactly. Rushmore. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, and so that was our number three together. Now, again, we're still hitting, we hit a double there. So on this next one, however, this may be a little trip up here, but my number two and my Thomas Jefferson on the Mount Rushmore. The Road Warriors, the LOD, the Road Warriors, specifically the Road Warriors from Jim Crockett. And honestly, maybe without the shoulder pads, because I do love the shoulder pads, but that was more developed as a as a WWF thing. I am specifically talking more about the Road Warriors from Jim Crockett. I just feel like Vince didn't get them like he should have. But anyway, love the Road Warriors. That's my number two. They have to be on a tag team, Mount Rushmore. Uh, I think it's uh, in anybody's contract if you're going to talk about pro wrestling if you don't have the road warriors uh in your top list of tag teams then what yeah. were you what have you watched i mean yeah have you only watched uh stuff since 2010 or something i mean like and you know they were the kind of the undertaker andre the giant tag team in that they didn't need the belts to get over you know yeah. they got the belts over so when they were the tag straps they carried i mean they would win like the crockett cup or they would win the six-man tag titles with dusty or you know they would and i mean what, what i mean by that that trophy that they had to carry around yeah but, and, and i'm not in total love with the trios titles. We can talk about that a different time. But I, I, I love the idea when they were in a six man tag with Dusty and they would be working the Horsemen or something to that effect. But the Road Warriors were always there and they did not need the heavyweight tag straps at all. So yeah. Anyway, you, you might be hearing more about them later. Well. Okay. <laughs> all right. So what is your number two then? Um. You know, we've talked about it several times. We talked about it some with Cassidy in our last episode. I'm the Robert, you're the Ricky, the Rock and Roll Express. And, and there's just something about the Rock and Roll Express, you know. I know, I know people might not always know them as well if they if they were big WWF fans, WWE fans. Uh, they never really got to see uh, enough of them. Uh, if you didn't, you know, Smoky Mountain. There's a lot of good stuff with Smoky Mountain wrestling with the Rock and Roll. Maybe even some of their best stuff. Uh, but during the mid eighties in the Charlotte area, WCW, NWA, whatever you want to call it. Um, they were so over, they were selling out the B shows more than the A shows. And, you know, dusty once told them, uh, you can't sell out more than me if, unless I'm on the card too, guys. Basically. <laughs> so like, yeah, like, like they had a choice, but they were, they were a, a phenomenon you know, it's, it's weird to compare it, but probably something similar to what you would think about and, and don't hate me for saying this, but something about you think about like for the, how the Beatles had a reaction and oh, you know, some yeah. of the reaction they had in the, in the smaller, smaller area, as far as not the United States, but in a smaller area, they got, you know, such a reaction from the female audience and anybody that liked the baby faces, um, just, just love the rock and roll express Ricky 
top-notch seller, uh, probably the best seller uh, I've ever seen. Uh, and then to get that hot tag to Robert and, you know, Robert, Robert has an interesting background. You know, his parents were both deaf. So that's right. why he does that, like the love thing. And his brother was a, I've, I've heard great things about his brother. I've never actually seen anything from his brother wrestling, but he died kind of young, Rick Gibson. Right. And they say he was amazing. You kind of wonder sometimes if they would have been a tag team, if it wouldn't have been for him dying. Uh, but you, man, you got Ricky and Robert. It's they're uh, they're on my list, and you know it's part influential. And you know I've met Ricky a couple times, and I've met Robert at least once or twice, I think. And uh, you know I, I, I'm just honored to um, have seen them wrestle several times. And yeah, yeah, I absolutely wish uh, wish wish everybody could see them wrestle. Yeah, in their heyday, too. We got to see him yeah. wrestle a few times in their heyday. You know, I'll go ahead and say it since you said number two is rock and roll. My number one is the Rock and Roll Express. So, you know, to me, they're the NWA tag champs, WCW champions. They worked in the WWF. They worked in AWA. They worked as tag team champions in Smoky Mountain. They worked in the USWA. They worked in numerous independent and outlaw promotions. Also, WWE Hall of Famers. I mean, dude, come on, you know. Yeah, I will say we got to fix the Midnight Express. They've got to be in the Hall of Fame, and that needs to happen soon as possible. But with that being said, the Rock and Roll Express, I love them. They'll always be my favorite. If you took everything away from wrestling and left me just the Rock and Roll Express, I would appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> they mean so much to me. Uh, we were kids when they were young, you know, in their prime. And honestly, you know, starting out in Memphis, they were put together. Some by say by Dutch, some say by Jerry, some say by Jimmy Hart. I mean, they, you know, they, it was a great idea because honestly, that gimmick was ripped off as well as, you know, the rockers did. And But, you know, the fun time baby faces tag team that was started by the fabulous ones but there were so many good tag teams but what's funny is the midnight rockers then the rockers they grabbed that rock and roll express gimmick and and ran with it but to me the rock and roll express i mean even if you think about it pg-13 or kind of the in the lineage of the rock and roll express because okay think about it they were based off of what Rock and rollers, right? Like Molly yeah. Crew, Poison, Bon Jovi, yeah. those kind of Van Halen, especially Van Halen, I've heard. But what is PG thirteen? So the the popular music of the era of the eighties was was hair metal. And then turn that into early nineties when more white kids were listening to hip hop. That's where PG thirteen. So it's a music based babyface tag team. Man, I just love them. You know, Rock and Roll Express wanted to call myself Ricky. People, I wanted people to call me Ricky. You know, had the, had the mullet rat tail. Had the mullet, had the rat tail. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we looked like we were fans. If we, if you couldn't tell, you know, we we definitely love the rock and rolls. Got to see them wrestle several times, especially in Council, Virginia, for Smoky Mountain, and also for independent promotions as well. I, I just, you know, one thing that I'll say to this is that if you haven't been able to see the Rock and Roll Express in person. Go watch some matches online. I know for a fact there's an incredible match with the Rock and Roll Express and PG-13 in Louisville and also in Memphis, some of the greatest. But also there's some Rock and Roll Express matches that they work against the Midnights, their legendary opponents. So, yeah, man, I can't I can't say enough about Rock and Roll Express. I know they broke up for a little bit because 
Robert was hurt and Ricky had to keep working, of course. So he worked in the York Foundation. Love that look and time too, even though I never really bought Ricky as a heel. Hey, why not? You know, glad he could be working. So it could have been good if uh, Robert had been healthy. Um, They could have brought him in and kind of challenged Ricky at some point to kind of snap him out of that heel yeah. persona or whatever like that. Might have been. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know, I've got my number one, brother. What about you? What's your number one? Oh, uh, let's see. Let me think about it. Oh, it's the Road Warriors. Hawk and Animal. <laughs> Legion of Doom, however you want to refer to them, with Paul Ellering. I mean, to me, they are tag team wrestling. I know, you know, there's going to be people that's like, well, they couldn't do this, they couldn't do that. Yeah, man, but they didn't have to. They, they weren't, they weren't made to work sixty minute Broadway matches and right. uh, and have the most technical matches. They were meant to be destroyers to come in, destroy whatever was in their path. Yeah, and and people loved it. I mean, like people, they were like action movie stars in the wrestling ring. Um, definitely, definitely, superheroes, super villains. Yeah, yeah. They they didn't. They weren't too much villains though, because it was hard right. to, hard to get them booed. Right. They tried. They tried to get them booed several times, and it yeah. honestly never worked for them because they were they were too over. And yeah. yeah, when when you think of big pops of people getting big applauses. Road Warrior Pop. I mean, that's what everybody always says, Road Warrior Pop. Absolutely. Nine-time tag champions, WWE Hall of Famers, greatest of all time tag team. I mean, you could say so much about them. They definitely had the Road Warrior Pop, and if you've never heard or experienced that, there's nothing like it because that is just a roar. It is the loudest thing ever. They, a lot of I've heard them being compared to the Hulk Hogan tag team, but I also think they were a little like the Bruiser Brody tag team because think about it. In the back, they expected a high contract. A lot of people don't know this, but they got Paul Ellering the same amount of money that they would get. And I think that's yeah. probably why Paul wasn't with them in the WWF at first is because, you know, they expected a high contract and they're not going to take no for an answer. And I think I think part of that was why Paul wasn't there. Now, again, it could be other reasons like Paul not wanting to do it, but whatever. Not wanting to travel as much, maybe. Right. I mean, it, right, right. I've always heard that the WWF, WWE, whatever you want to say, it was a much more extensive travel schedule than anywhere else. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. They um, work you like a dog. Yeah. We'll scrape every last dollar up. So, uh, right. But so, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, when I think of tag teams, I think of them. Um, you know, every, I'm sure every tag team out there, current tag team, whether you want to FTR, Young Bucks, um, Briscoes, Usos, New Day. I'm sure if you, I'm sure if you polled them on teams, they would love to face in the ring. All of them would say the Road Warriors are at least in their top two or three. It's not their very top. Absolutely. And, you know, we got to say, you know, how many people ripped them off as well? Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean, there, there's there's a whole extra set of legendary tag teams that were taking from them. I mean, you had the Powers of Pain who were a little bit bigger than them and had the exact same look, essentially. And 
you know, to know that they got that over at a time, it was like, okay, they were like the bizarro road warriors. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. yeah. And then you had demolition, which was of course a little different, but at the same time, similar ripoff blade runners ripoff. I mean, you know, the road warriors have so many doom ripoff. I mean, you know, skyscrapers possibly rip off, you know, I mean, what's a, you have so what's many. the what's the NXT uh, the Ascension the Ascension uh, rip off the, the and you know you know the worst thing the rip off rip you know the worst thing that the Ascension did was talking about kind of like they come out uh, what they say about the Road Warriors I mean I I know it was all in like character kind of but it's just yeah. like I think that yeah. really hurt them that they yeah. said that it's like yeah <laughs> who are you to to say this I mean because I don't feel like they ever of course. It's tag teams in the WWF. That's a whole other talk. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The Road Warrior Animal did not like <laughs> the Ascension. I know that. No, was, yeah. No. Yeah. But anyway, they set apart so many times. They did that no sell gimmick, you know, all that stuff. So enough can't be said about the Road Warriors. And in any case, they could definitely be the number one on the Mount Rushmore. The Rock and Roll Express just got there for my nostalgic favorite. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it for tag teams on the Mount Rushmore. I wanted to kind of do something quickly, real quick here. You know, one of my things is I'm going to say my ultimate Mount Rushmore. And I know y'all are going to be like, dude, you said that in the beginning. But if you took these four people out of pro wrestling i may not be a fan of it and that is ricky morton hawk bobby eaton and rick flair so that's my official the only reason i didn't have those guys on my singles is because they weren't singles so if you if you you were to take my four favorite pro wrestlers you have hawk ricky morton bobby eaton and rick flair so that's my four ultimate again we can talk about that kind of stuff at another time but why don't you tell me your current maybe do you have like a couple that you'd like to see on a mount rushmore for current guys yeah, as far as people that are currently working now, um, that'll be on my Mount Rushmore, and you can you, you can excuse me if you really want if you really watch a lot of current stuff. If I if it's not yours, I don't watch as much current stuff. I do keep up with it through the internet or whatever. Life gets in the way sometimes, sure. and fast forward on the DVR looks really good sometimes. It does uh, definitely. But my but my current guys that I'll have on. I'm going to say AJ Styles. Oh, yeah. Um, Randy Orton. Yeah, great. He's injured right now, but uh, hoping he gets back soon. He gets a little tougher from there for me. Uh, those are my two top, but, you know, with everything that's, you know, that's happening currently, you got to you gotta like Roman Reigns' character right now. And if you'd asked me this a year ago or two years ago, he probably wouldn't have been on there, but – Right now, with his bloodline angle, he's just doing uh, great work with it. And yeah, you know, you know, it's I like him so much better as this heel character than I did as the as the baby face they tried to, um, you know, use him as and portray him as. And then my number four would be Cody Rhodes. Okay, I, all great. Yeah, I love all those. Cody especially is is turned it on lately. You know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, He's, you know, the, some of his stuff with Seth Rollins, just top notch. Coming back, it's sad he got injured like he did, but it also created a great moment, right? When he got right. injured, 
Yeah, it did. And it proved his, his worth, you know, of I'm going to fight through this and then him get healthy. And it worked out. You know, I think my four are real quickly, definitely AJ Styles, 100%. I love Brian Danielson. I've been a big fan of his for a long time. My other two are a little weird, controversial, but it's, you know, some of yours you mentioned, Cody, you're definitely Randy Orton, definitely could have put on here. But these are two of my oddball favorites. And I just, every time they're on screen, I'm watching them, no matter who they're with or what they're doing. So AJ Bryan, Danielson, but Eddie Kingston, the man. Mad King, definitely one of my favorites. Love his promos. I think he would be an outstanding podcast host if he ever wants to do that. I'll be glad to produce it for you if you want me to. And Ray Phoenix, this guy, I, I think he is so, it's so impressive and so in control of his body. I'm not usually a luchador guy. I, I mean, I appreciate them. I just don't like that they don't sell anything. But man, Ray Phoenix, dude. I mean, that guy, one of the first times I ever saw him come out, he did this like stagger walk and it was like, so it just showed me how in control of his body that he was. It was cool. I wish he would do it more. Maybe it was just a one-off thing that he was messing around, or maybe he tripped and turned it into something. <laughs> yeah. But that guy, to me, if he broke off and became a single star, that's what I think he should do. You know, I love the Luchin Brothers, whatever. But you know, to me, Ray Phoenix is is definitely a future star, and I, I hope to see more from him. I'd like to see a little more size on him, but I don't want to see too much to where he the bulk gets in the way of his ability. You know, but that's my four: AJ Bryan, Eddie Kingston, and Ray Phoenix. Like I said, two oddballs, but I, I think they're good. So, well, I mean, that's pretty. Neither much of us had Jericho. Is that crazy? <laughs> Neither one of us had Jericho, and neither one of us said the APA. (laughs) (laughs) For good reason. For good reason. For for very good and legitimate reason. And honestly, that statement alone should have made me question a lot of stuff. And damn. Anyway. Anyway, oh, so I think that's it for our Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling episode. You know, one thing I'll say is just, you know, make your own. If you don't agree with us, hey, put it in the put it in the post that we put on here. You know, I know a lot of you all out there definitely are very interactive with us. You know, I know it's not all of you, though. We'd like to see a little more from from some of the people that aren't always interactive. The one thing that we do, though, is for this year, for 2022, I have uh, we do well on the Wolfie D show. You know, it's a, a famous pro wrestler who's been everywhere and is very well respected by most people in all pro wrestling. It's not a surprise that that show does well, but what I've been absolutely floored by is the amount of people that listen to me and my brother talk about pro wrestling. <laughs> I, I I know we've had some great guests, Greg Gagne, Magnum TA, Cassidy Riley, Chris Michaels, Hammer Jack, Cousin Condry, Jablonski. And damn, you know, all those people, we've had some great guests, Marion Fontaine, you know, all these great guests, but I cannot say enough about the fact that as many folks Listen to me and my brother talk about pro wrestling. So if you came over from the Wolfie D show, thank you. If you listen to us after that and continued on and stuck around, thank you. It means so much to us. So 2023, we've focused in and we're going to make it even better than 2022. I think we're going to try. <laughs> going to try our best. Yeah, but thank you all again for listening to the Mount Rushmore episode. We're going to take another quick break. And we'll be right back to close out the show. All right, Frank, just read from the cards. I don't know, Stompy. This isn't what Sludge asked us to say. 
Don't worry about it, little bro. Sludge hired us for this, and I know what's best. Okay, Stompy. Cue the music, maestro. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Town with me, Stompy, and my little brother, Frank. Hi, I'm Frank. Yes, you are. So join us, Sludge, Mark, and Ruben as we review monster movies from all around the world. And don't forget about the monthly contest and trivia. That's right, peasants. You'll find extra content like the Underdogs, Monster Match Wednesdays, Friday Night Fights, each week exclusively on our Facebook and Instagram. So please join us at the Monster Movie Stockdown. Your one-stop chop for monster movie reviews, interviews, news, contests, and of course, me, Stumpy. And Frank. In a world that has been completely divided for so long, two movie fans have decided to unite for the people and the betterment of mankind. One, an action movie buff. The other, a horror movie fanatic. Together, they will try to bridge the gap of both genres into one podcast with their battle cry, Give me back my action and horror movies. Listen along as Charlie and Nate alternate each week talking about action and horror movies they cherish, mostly from the VHS era. Also, including some modern examples that felt like the movies they grew up with by answering the battle cry. Give me back my action and horror movies. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Look them up on Facebook and Instagram. All right, we are back. And again, this was the Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling. We hope y'all enjoyed it. One thing I will say is this show is definitely not something you have to write in stone. As as things come and go, we may change thoughts on this, but those eight names that each of us mentioned, I think you can pretty much cast these in some sort of stone. As far as it goes, these eight names that we mentioned for sure are our Mount Rushmore, and I don't imagine them changing very much in the future. We're you know, in the 40s, both of us, and, and I feel like we're kind of setting our ways with the people that we like. I just want to say just, thank you again. I know I do this a lot, but thank you again for, for being my partner in this. 2022 was a lot, but 2023 is the year of the street. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're definitely on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling podcasts who doesn't feature a uh, pro, wrestler, pro wrestler as one of the yeah. Main hosts, we're definitely on that list. Scooch so, over, Conrad. Yeah, yeah, Conrad. Yeah, but Conrad's got all these pro wrestlers. Yeah, he does. You know, I, he don't count. He don't count. So yeah. Hey, but I'll put a put a top four out here. So it's it's of course, give me back my pro wrestling. Then it's Gene and the team at Cheap Heat. TV yeah. podcast network. Thank y'all always for the support. You know, also, you know, the guys over at the give me back my podcast network, you know, we're a part of that. Although sometimes it's a movie podcast network and that's a lot of the focus, but we're kind of the lone soldier in the pro wrestling element, but we are a part of the network that includes give me back my action. Give me back my horror. Give me back 
my monster movies, give me back my good beer, bad movie night, and give me back my pro wrestling. So we have a lot of fun with those guys. Anyway, you know, we just want to, again, thank you all, the listener, for sticking with us and listening to everything that we do and have done. Y'all are the best. It means the world to us. The best thing that y'all can do for us right now is go to one of your podcast apps. And if it allows you, rate and review us. Give us a five star. And if you want to, you can add two more stars. Like Jared said, give us a seven star. Add two more stars in the notes or or just say something. Say, hey, I really enjoy this about your podcast. You know, it, it really helps us out. And honestly, that's one of the things you can do for us that's totally free and totally easy. So if you have a chance, go click five stars, go click whatever. But we thank you all for that. And also go follow us on all of our social media platforms. Forms. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook group, Facebook page. All of those are at GMBMPW. Also, don't forget to follow us on our YouTube page where we have some amazing stuff on there. First off, if you go to youtube.com slash at GMBMPW, you get to see all of our podcasts on there. So all the shows that you've listened to in the archives, if you'd rather listen to them on YouTube, feel free. They're right there. You can also check out all of the Sheik's shorts, which Jared, you know, you started something on our YouTube channel that really, I think has helped us and, and really helped grow the podcast numbers for people to hear about us and come. I know for a fact that people have come from there and downloaded the, the shows on their Apple or po- you know Google or Spotify apps and listen to them. I know for a fact that's happened because the numbers show that. So thank you for starting that chic shorts. You did that on your own and we didn't even know that it was something that we needed to do and you just took that on your own and said hey i've got this let's do it so yeah, thank my, you my, my obsession with youtube shorts probably uh, <laughs> led to that well if you do it as a tiktok as a reel as a as a instagram reel as a facebook as a short on youtube anyway all people under i mean twitter even has them so i mean everything that you go on some sort of social media has a a la short on it so that's where we try to get them another thing that if you've slept on it you're you're sleeping wrong because here's the thing mike jablonski's pissed off very entertaining show mike has been a past guest of ours and that show showed me one thing from him i've always known mike to be a straight shooter and he's a hilarious guy if you know him, but also he has a, a straight shooter side to him that will absolutely, you know, cut you to the bone. And that's where he comes with the Mag Jablonski's pissed off. He basically takes a topic that's pissing him off at the moment. And generally he has to whittle it down to just one. But recently he talked about the fact of all the guys coming in the ring and he's going to be interviewed by Tony Schiavone and they just grab the microphone from him and walk around the ring. I've seen Brian Danielson do it. I've seen John Moxley recently do it. Basically Tony is left to stand in the corner of the ring and kind of smile awkwardly. And, you know, Mean Dean would have never let that happen. You know what I'm saying? So it's funny how disrespectful it is to Tony, but why not just come down to the ring and get the microphone and stand in the ring and do it yourself instead of having Tony stand over in the corner awkwardly waiting for them to, anyway, that's a rant. I'll get off on another subject. But anyway, long story short, Mike Jablonski's Pissed Off is a great show on YouTube and we're blessed to have him as part of the team on the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. Our next Next episode we've got coming up is going to include Mike Jablonski as we are going to cover the Royal Rumble 23. We're going to do our picks. You know, you cool with that? You like that idea? I love that idea. I love the the Royal Rumble. It's probably, honestly, one of my favorite events of the year. Uh, Little Sheik has been asking to watch the Royal Rumble. And I'm like, brother, we got like a month. It's coming though. <laughs> 
I love it. He he yeah. saw it advertised on SmackDown when we were watching uh, Cena's only match of 2022 the other night. And he's like, is it coming on next or a rumble? And I was like, no, it's a month away, yeah. buddy. Yeah. 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 If anybody is going to be the future host of this podcast, <clears throat> oh, it's, definitely. Probably, it's probably little sheep. We'll, we'll give him time on that. He's, he's not quite there, but he's got the bug. Like he got bit early. like we did. So, Oh, he, he's, you know, tore up with it. So, yeah, I love it. I noticed after Christmas, you all got the the War Games match ring. Yeah, and awesome. he was. You guys did it, and you were texting me back and forth on on who won and and who was on your teams. And so that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed watching. I enjoy getting that same. It kind of. I'm sure being close to him every day, you get that extra. You know, it's like a boost in your fandom, knowing oh, that yeah. he cares about it so much. And it's, you know, it was bound to happen. Cash didn't get it. Paisley didn't get it. It had to happen to the third guy. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, the third, the third one picked up on it and and is eat up as much as you know his fandom. He could share with Cash and Paisley, and they would be huge fans. You know. Oh so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. It's yeah, yeah. So at GMBMPW, listen to the old shows. You can do whatever. Like and subscribe on YouTube. You know, don't miss out on, on upcoming shows if you want to hit the notification bell. I don't know how all that works, honestly. But here we go with that. I've, you know, I don't hit all subscribe on every channel, and they still show up in my feed. So I don't know how important that notification bell is other than the fact that it tells you, hey, look. <laughs> but I guess it's go, ahead, go ahead and hit that subscribe or notification yeah, just bell. Though. Smash that bell and hit that like and all that. But we thank y'all again for listening to the official Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling Mount Rushmore of Pro Wrestling. And this one you can ride in stone and will never <laughs> make you listen again. Anyway, happy new year. Happy New Year, Sheik. It's been happy great. Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year to all the listeners out there, too. Y'all have a good one. Let us know what you think. Happy New Year. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget. Fight. Colossus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, With a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life. This has been a James Rock Street production.